John chapter 8. And let's go ahead and pray as we get into this word here today. Father, in the name of Jesus, thank you once again for being in us, for being on our side. The greater one lives in us, and he's come to abide, and he's greater than he who's in the world. And Father, we look to the spirit of truth now, who comes to lead us into all, all the truth. And, and we ask you for the word for today, the message for this time. May each person receive exactly what they need to receive for today, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, uh, many of us have either seen someone or know someone personally or at the very minimum know of people who, um, who, are, who are physically blind. If you've ever uh, given much thought to a person, maybe someone is here today that I don't know, uh, but if you've ever given much thought to someone who is physically b- blind, you've probably endeavored to put yourself in their shoes before and, and have thought, you know what, that would be really a bad deal. I mean, I, I've had good eyesight all my life, thank God for it, but you know, to imagine myself being physically blind, that's kind of hard to imagine. Uh, such a valuable sense that we have and so important to everything that we do being able to see all right and although we have great compassion and we we feel bad and and we would you know feel like we would know what we would do if we were ever caught in a situation where we lost our eyesight could be quite traumatic in a person's life Uh, how many know there's more than one type of sight we're see, we can see in the Word of God that physical sight is not the only thing that we should be interested in. And many of us, we've thought about whether we can see well physically. Many have had corrective lenses or surgery of some kind to give them better physical sight. But many have never given much thought to an internal type of sight that is available for all people. You see, if a person has good physical eyesight that is no indication whatsoever that they have good sight internally or they have good understanding in their lives. But at the same time, if a person uh, has bad physical sight, yet the eyes of their understanding are open, do you know that the internal sight can correct the physical sight, but not vice versa. Okay, you may have the best eyes of anyone you know, but you may be dull as all get out when it comes to spiritual perception. Okay, but at the same time, let me say it again, if I can have the eyes of my understanding enlightened, then that would even correct physical eyesight. It has the potential to change everything outward in my life. And this is what I want to talk to you about, about the eyes of your understanding. Okay? And, 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 and this is so, so very, very important that we understand this. Now, there is much that the Lord wants His church to understand and walk in. And I believe we've kind of barely scratched the surface as far as what we're walking in, as to what the potential is, and what we can walk in, and what there is to see, and there is 
to know. And I know that uh, a few months ago, there was a word, a prophetic word that was um, brought in our church. And part of that word was the Lord talking to us about how that uh, He is revealing things that He has not shown people in the past. I mean, no, the Lord knows everything. And there are many things that the Lord knows that it's never even entered our mind. We don't even know that we don't know it because we don't know what it is. We can't study it. We can't look for it. We don't even know what it is. God knows everything, let alone the vast understanding that He wants us to have concerning our relationship with Him, what He's given to us, the place that He's given us in the earth. These are the things that are critical for us to have a full understanding of in this life. But the Lord was, was saying things a lot like that. Uh, he said He's given clarification and greater insight and understanding about things not seen in the past. He talked to us about uh, visions and revelations and uh, and dreams. Um, he's, uh, the word was that he will bring understanding where there was confusion. And talked about bringing light. And I really believe that, th- that this is one of the things the Lord wants to do here. In our place. And if we will look for this now. If we'll set our hearts to receive these things. There is going to come greater revelation and understanding. And there are going to be some eyes that open. People are going to feel like, man, I must have been blind a few months back. I must have been blind last year in comparison now to what I'm seeing. And I've already heard that some this year from from people who've said, man, I am seeing things that I have not seen before. All of a sudden, I'm having and things are being opened up unto me. And this is something the Lord is doing. And if you want to get involved in this and get on this bandwagon, so to speak, I believe the Lord will show you things about your life. And, and man, give you keys that will absolutely unlock some doors to you in this life. And so... And so we're talking about the eyes of our understanding. How many know the enemy will primarily work through deception? In fact, the enemy, and who's the enemy? Satan and all his hosts do not really have power beyond what they are able to deceive people into believing. Okay? And he works full time trying to get you and I to believe things that are not true. He'll do that in relationships. He'll do it. He'll he'll work on on marriages that way, or even friendships, business associates, all this, and try to plant a thought into one person's mind about something or about the other person, and they'll start reacting to it. Hmm. They'll get irked. Maybe let it drip out of their mouth. And all of a sudden, there's a problem that's physically manifested. Where did it start? Right here. It started with, a in, with an incorrect idea, something that wasn't even true, but someone latched onto it, believed it, and then it started destroying their life. Okay? That's how the enemy works, full-time to deceive. Have you ever been deceived? If you're not sure, I'll tell you. Yes, you have, and I have. We have all 
been duped at times into believing things that were not true? And did it impact us? Absolutely did. The more we can see now with the eyes of our understanding, the better off we are going to be. Uh, You could call living in deception, you could say that's the same as living in darkness. You could say, you know, it's, it's living with some degree of blindness or, or walking about life with our eyes closed, the eyes of our understanding, that is. And so uh, the word deceive just simply means to believe or to, if you're using it in a verb, uh, to cause someone to believe something that's not true. Cause someone to believe something that's not true. Does it matter if what we believe or not is true? See, see that it's almost in context here, that's an easy, well, of course it matters. But listen, there's a lot of this thought being promoted in the earth today that it doesn't really matter who's right and who's wrong because everyone's just got their own ideas. Everyone, you know, it's your way or your way. And as long as you have a good heart, as long as your motive is pure, then it doesn't really, really matter if you're right or if you're wrong. And that, can I tell you, is wrong. (laughs) That is one of the big deceptions about deception and about truth that it doesn't really matter. We could use a simple example of uh, of basic math, all right? Because that's easy to understand that 2 plus 2 is not 5, even if you're a nice guy, even if you mean well. I know some have even fallen to that in some of the in some educational systems where they want to they want to mark everything right. Just well, we don't want to, you know, we don't want to thwart your creativity. <laughs> if you're so creative that you get five out of that, someone needs to stop that. <laughs> okay, and uh, but it's important that we understand that truth is important. If you don't know simple math, but you have a good heart. How many know you could still be writing bad checks? And that's going to cost you. It's going to cost you in many areas to not be right about things. All right. Does the Lord care about our heart? Yes, that's preeminent. He wants us to have a heart that's loyal to Him and to have the intention to do right and to be honest and upright before Him. But that's not the only thing that matters. Ultimately, I want to do the right thing with a right heart because if I have a good heart but yet still continue to operate contrary to what's right and true and principles that are successful in this life I'm still going to fail with a good heart Hmm. I mean I don't want to be at the lowest place in life knowing that I got there with the right motive (laughs) hmm it's like, the pers- it's like the person who wants to attain salvation based on their own good works. How many know according to the Word of God, you get in by grace or you don't? All right. I don't really want to be the nicest guy in hell. Do you? I don't want to want to be the most moral person in hell. I just want to stay out of there altogether. <laughs> Some things you have to be right about. And this is where an understanding of truth is very, very important. Now, John 8, where I told you to go. Uh, John chapter 8 and verse 31. It says, Then Jesus said to those Jews who believed him, 
If you abide in my word, you are my disciples indeed. How do you become a disciple? Notice he didn't say, if you have a Bible, you are my disciples indeed. Right? If you own the black book. Right? No. Not if you have a Bible. Not if you've ever read the word. He didn't say, if you show up in church on, on occasion, you are my disciple indeed. No. If you abide in my word. That's a place of dwelling. I live there. I continue. I don't just occasionally visit. I I make the Word the very centerpiece of my existence and of my life. What God said governs me in every area. He said, then you're my disciple indeed. Well, what would result from that? That's the next verse where he said, and you shall know the truth. How will I know the truth? If I abide in His Word And the truth shall make you free. Now, here's another good question. When will the truth make me free? When I know the truth. When I abide in His Word, I'll know the truth and I'll be free. If I do not know the truth, it doesn't mean that truth doesn't exist. It doesn't mean that it's not there. It just means I don't know it. And truth does not set me free until I know the truth. Now let's look at this a little different way. Satan's main strategy, like we've already said, is to deceive. We could say to keep the truth away from people. Why would he do that? It serves his purpose to kill, steal, and destroy. If he can keep me away from truth or believing a lie, then he will have an effective access into my life. If, now hold on, hold on everybody. If I am living continually in some form of bondage, opposite of freedom. If I'm living in some sort of bondage, physical whether it's bondage to disease and sickness, bondage to sin, bondage to mental issues, bondage uh, uh, to poverty and lack, a lot of different areas. What that shows me is I am believing something that's not true. There is some thought pattern, some way that I perceive life and myself and God and, and the enemy and everything that happens. I'm seeing something incorrectly. Because if, if that were not the case, Jesus said I would be free. And that works across the board in every person's life, no matter what we're dealing with. If there's some area I'm really struggling in over and over and over, not just I have a little hiccup or a little attack, but I mean I'm continually in a, in a place where I'm not having success and victory, I believe something wrong about that. And this is where if I will seek to have my eyes opened, and this can happen. That's going to make all the difference in the world concerning my life. I've got to tell you, sometimes people say, I've been struggling with this for so long, and I've tried this, and I've tried this, and I don't know what to do. That's the problem. It's not an easy solution, because listen, oftentimes it's not, well, just, just come here, just give me your head. <laughs> we'll just cast that out of you. That's not the solution. 
The solution is that person's eyes must be opened. Sometimes another person can assist in that by truths that unlock that. But many times it is something that must happen internally in that person. They must see it. Sometimes someone else sees it and they tell you about it, but you don't see it. And therefore that freedom there is limited. But if we can get to a place where the eyes of our understanding are enlightened and we see it, not we just acknowledge that somebody else sees it or we've read it on a piece of paper, but we literally see it. You know, you've had that in your life. You didn't understand something. All of a sudden, I see it. I get it now. Yes. Yeah, that's what that is. When the light turns on, freedom comes. And it changes everything from that point on in your life. I can't think of anything more valuable than that right now. Because when you're free, man, you, the potential of your life, it, goes, it skyrockets. And you can assist others and helping others be free as well. And so this area of knowing the truth is key to our freedom. Freedom from what? Freedom from everything that would bind. How many know that faith does not operate outside of knowledge? You and I cannot believe beyond what we know. Well, I just have faith in God. Okay, well, what does that mean? You have faith in God for what? That He exists? Good, but that's pretty foundational. That's the basics. Even the devil believes that. Okay, what do you believe that God will do for you? You have to, that only comes on a basis of knowledge, knowing exactly what he promised he would do for you. That's the foundation of our faith. Now, of course, uh, in our day, there's a lot of deception. Like we said, the enemy's primary strategy, and he uses people. If you've ever been on on the internet, if if you send and receive email well... (laughs) I was joking with someone recently about their biography. I send and receive emails. <laughs> Never mind. <laughs> Whatever. Uh, but you know, there are all kinds of hoaxes out there. There are all kinds of scams. There are all kinds of things. And, and not all of them are, not all of it comes from spam. Some of it comes from your best friends. <laughs> Right? And did you hear about this? You got to read this one. And they send you all this stuff. And it's shocking. It's amazing. Like, wow, I can't believe that. You know, a lot of that stuff's not even true. So much of that stuff, then we forwarded it on to 80 people on our list. (laughs) And then we found out three weeks later that it wasn't true. (laughs) But just a wise person is not going to be so gullible to just accept everything. But there's all kinds of scams out there. People want to deceive you. A lot of it to the end result is they want your money. They want you to pay for something that's not, not real. And, uh, you know, some pill, some lotion, advertising is galore that's going to fix you. You're going to lose 50 pounds in the next three weeks or something. And uh, no, you're not. <laughs> and if you are, it's because you're dead. <laughs> and, and uh, uh, you know, just a, a, lot, a lot of things that people trying to, uh, you know, steal identities and And, of course, we know about viruses and all that stuff, for Windows people anyway. Uh, (laughs) 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 Sorry. (laughs) Uh, um, 
all the, the virus, you, you've, heard, you've heard of things called phishing, right? With a, with a PH, phishing. And they set up a false website to make you look like your bank is sending, sending you a notice. And, and uh, you know, we need you to update your information. <laughs> no, you want my information so you can clean my clock. <laughs> you can clean out my bank account. And there's all kinds of things like that going around. And it's, it's important to be wise about deception. And how many know that the, the Nigerian royal family doesn't really need a place? Uh, to park their money <laughs> and and if you pay that processing fee or to pay their lawyer fee or something you're going to end up with nothing they're going to end up with your money all right and so deception is a part of the game these days it's a part of life there's a lot of deception and it all serves to uh, make people believe something that's not true in order to gain some kind of personal advantage in life and that's what the enemy is all about Deception. If we were to ask ourselves about uh, spiritual battles, are there spiritual battles taking place in the earth today? Well, there certainly are. And uh, many times when we think about that, we ask, well, what are, what's the battle over? What's the big struggle about? What is the fight between you know, the kingdom of darkness? What are they tra- and, and, of course, the kingdom of God. What, what, what is the enemy trying to accomplish? And usually... It's stated that, well, it's for the souls of men. It's for, it's for people, whether they're saved, ultimately go to heaven or ultimately go to hell. And certainly that's not incorrect. But if you back up just a little bit, you see a deeper truth that affects that and other things. And that is the battle is over understanding. It is over people's eyes being opened. It is the, the, there is a battle over the revelation of truth. In the lives of people. Because think about it now. If a lost person gets an understanding, their eyes are open to see how much God loves them. If they are able to see that Jesus already paid the price for their sins. He was raised from the dead. And man, the sin deal has been dealt with. They just need to receive. How many know? Satan's toast. That lie that keeps them away from God has just been obliterated simply by a person seeing the truth. Okay? What about a person who is bound up in sickness and disease? Well, if a truth can get to them that shows them that Jesus already paid the complete price and dealt with the issue and the curse of sickness and disease in the earth, then that person will be free. And you can talk about any area of life, whether you're talking about poverty and lack or just the joy of the Lord being your strength and about how to have a happy life and marriage and, and, and be successful in life. Truths Set people free in that area. And so the enemy will work night and day to keep you and I in the dark. But thank God we've been given a method. We've been given a way where we do not have to walk in darkness. We do not have to live ignorantly and have confusion day to day. But we can have freedom that comes from knowing what's right. And knowing the truth that Jesus said would make us free. Praise God. Now listen, you don't need, we don't need to turn to all these, but Hosea chapter 4 and verse 6. Hosea 4 verse 6, the, 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 the scripture said here, the Lord said, My people are destroyed 
for a lack of me wanting to do them good. Right? No, that's not what it said. The Bible said, the Lord said, my people are destroyed for a lack of knowledge. Knowledge. In other words, knowing the truth that they had rejected knowledge. And they didn't care about what was right. What was true anymore. That's a kind of a day that we live in. Knowledge is increasing. But when it comes to spiritual realities, people have taken this idea that whatever you believe is okay. Whatever you believe is acceptable. It doesn't matter as long as you're a nice guy. And it doesn't. It does matter. Two plus two is simply not five. I mean, if I'm a nice guy or if I'm not a nice guy. And the Lord is who He said He is. He has done what He said He has done, whether or not I acknowledge that. But it's not about how much God knows. It's about how much I know. When I have an understanding and revelation of truth, that's when I uh, can make a difference in other people's lives, in my own life. Uh, It's the truth. It's the understanding that brings freedom to us. Praise God. I remember hearing a story uh, years ago about a a woman, a widow woman, who had been left, I believe if I remember right, left an inheritance of some kind, and it was given to her on some type of piece of paper, whether it may have been a check or a a deed of some kind. But this woman was was not only in poverty, but she also was uh, not able to read. And so she had this piece of paper, didn't know what it was. Couldn't read it, didn't understand. And she took this thing, put a frame around it, and put it on the wall. And lived in poverty. Lived barely making it, yet she was wealthy. What a tragedy. But that in essence, is what happens in the minds of people who get saved and stop. They're going to heaven, but never discover what God has provided for them to live in in this life. They live far beneath the standard that He has made available to them. And I desire to see the eyes of my understanding would be enlightened. Truth is truth. It's a fact. It's there. But whether I know it or not, that's a whole other issue. Whether I can see it or not, it's a whole other issue. Say, I've been a Christian for a long time. I've read the Bible a whole lot of times. Well, join the club. Doesn't mean that we got it all. Doesn't mean we're seeing everything. In fact, if you're, if, if you're find, finding yourself struggling in some areas, there's some bondages, that's a good indication. Not condemnation now. A good indication that there's more for you to see about that. Amen. Say, but I, you know, sometimes, you know, you talk to someone, say, well, the Bible says, and you're about to give them a scripture that will apply to their circumstance, and they say, oh, well, I already know that. <laughs> well, well, no, you don't. I didn't ask you if you could quote it. It's one thing to quote it or know the reference. It's another thing to see it. Because until we see it, we won't be it. Right? But when my eyes are open to see it, that's when the freedom that comes from that truth will be operative in my life. But if I'm saying, oh, I know that, and yet I'm just dragging through life, a Christian just barely making it, man, that's not right. Something's not right about that. 
Amen. So no matter where you're at, there's more for you to see, more for you to understand. You know, in the, in the 29th chapter of Proverbs, in verse 18, many people know this scripture. Uh, it talks about how where there is no vision, the people perish. I like the amplified version of that. It said, where there is no redemptive revelation of God, the people perish. Where there is no redemptive revelation of God. We could ask ourselves, do we have a redemptive revelation of God? Do I see the Lord through, through redemption? I got to tell you, a whole lot of people in the church today do not. Their concept and idea of God and who He is and how He relates to them is not seen through Jesus and through the cross, through the resurrection. It's seen through some other uh, avenue where, the, where ideas came to them about how God acts and how He responds to people. And if you don't have a redemptive revelation, what happens? You die. In other words, death works in your life. Let me say it that way. I mean, you're instantly going to die, but I mean, you've got death working in your life as opposed to life working in you. Just because a person is saved does not mean they are immune to deception. We all must realize that we have wrong thinking about something. You do. I do. That's not a really great confession and just, I want to, yeah, I'm wrong. Uh, But listen, if I don't think and acknowledge that I'm seeing some things incorrectly, I'm also saying in the same breath, I know everything. I'm also saying that I am right about everything. And if I believe that I'm right about everything, I know everything, man, I'm in trouble. (laughs) Because I'm not open to receiving anything else, and I'm going to be bound up at, at best, my life gets to where I'm at right now. I don't know about you, I'm interested in, in improving. I want things to go up. I want things to get better and better on a personal level and a bigger than that on a, you know, on a church level, on, the, on a body of Christ level. I want things to go up. I like improving. I want to go the way of this world, you know, devolving. Right? Isn't that what's happening? All right. Look at James chapter 1 with me. James chapter 1. This issue of, of deception is something that's a reality. And we must learn to deal with it. In James chapter 1, it even talks about another kind of deception. Because we not only have to deal with deception that comes from the devil, trying to keep us away from the light of the gospel of Christ and according to and the, the light of truth, but we've got to deal with ourselves. Look at verse 21. Uh, did I say that right? 26. Yeah, 26. If anyone among you thinks he is religious and, and does not bridle his tongue, but ye, deceives his own heart, this one's religion is useless. Notice that phrase there. He deceives his own heart. The deception that many of us have experienced originated with ourselves. This shows you kind of the nature of the heart of a human being. Not talking about the physical pump now. Not talking about your physical heart. That shows us the nature of the heart that it's pliable. 
it will change in relationship to what's put in it. And the heart is designed to produce whatever is in it. If something is big in my heart, that it won't be long until that thing is manifest in my life. And here, what it's, I can see here, I have the ability to deceive my heart. How do I do that? By not watching what I say. If I don't bridle my own tongue. If I allow words that are contrary to truth and the reality of the revelation of Christ to come out of my mouth, I am manipulating my own heart in a negative way. And if I continually say things contrary to what the Lord has promised and what the Lord has given me, my heart is receiving it. It's, it's thinking that I'm telling the truth. It's designed to work in connection with my mouth. And when my mouth is going one direction, my heart's aligning with it. And it's adjusting. Okay. And then when it gets fully adjusted in, in, in something that's untrue, it'll start to happen in my life. That's why it's so important. One of the reasons right there, why it's so important to watch our mouth. You and your big mouth. <laughs> so important to watch the words that we speak to make sure they're in agreement with the revelation of the Lord. Okay? Because it'll ultimately produce whatever happens in our lives. And so this should come now from our eyes being opened. And then I say exactly what the Lord has shown me. I let that dominate my words. What does that do? It produces a heart in me that is going to bring it to pass in my life. A couple other verses along these lines. Galatians 6.3 says, For if anyone thinks himself to be something when he's nothing, he deceives himself. Who deceives himself? He does. He does. You can deceive yourself by your own thinking. In Matthew 24, 4 and 5, And Jesus answered and said to them, Take heed that no one deceives you, for many will come in my name saying, I am the Christ and will deceive many. Is the Lord right about this? Yes, that many will be deceived concerning who he is. If I don't want to be in that group that are deceived, I've got to take special steps to avoid it. There must be something that I put in place in my life that keeps me from being deceived. Otherwise, why wouldn't I? Because I'm inherently better than someone else? No. Because I'm just, I have just more, you know, discipline in my life than anyone else? No. You could be deceived. I could be deceived. In fact, have. But there are things that we can do that we're going to get into that will keep us from being deceived and allow us to clearly see what's right and what's true. And here we go. Come on, here comes freedom. Freedom like we've never seen before, like we've never experienced, will result. These are the words of Jesus. Not, I'm not just making up, not just preaching to you now. These are the words of Jesus talking to you, talking to us about how important his word and truth really is in our lives let's go to ephesians 1 and we'll we'll finish up here for today ephesians chapter 1 in this in this particular book this chapter in particular uh 
Paul writes to them. He talks to them about so much that the Lord has done for them, what He has given to them. You know, he says that they were blessed with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ. He talks to them about their inheritance, about redemption and forgiveness of sins, the riches of His grace. Uh, talks about how we've been sealed with the Holy Spirit, the guarantee of our inheritance. number of things he goes through talking about what the Lord has already given, has already provided. See, this is a lesson right here in and of itself. What we need from the Lord... He's already done. Many, many people are stuck in a mode in their prayer lives and in their churches, how they approach God, as if they're waiting on God to do something. And they're praying that God would do something. And yet the revelation from this book is that He has already done it. He's already given it to us. That one of the very fundamentals of Christianity is the past tense nature of all that we would ever need in life it's all been provided through redemption the work of Jesus through the cross and the resurrection okay and instead of me trying to get God to do something for me here's the way Paul dealt with it he said I've, you've been given this you've been given this God did this for you he gave you this and then he went into something that is key for them and for us today. And that is, it wasn't simply about teaching. His goal did not end with explaining to them what the Lord had given them. He then, then went into prayer mode. But when he started praying, he didn't start praying, Lord, give them this. This thing, this, Lord, heal them and provide their needs and, 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 and these type of things. Lord, forgive them of their sins. And, uh, no, it wasn't trying to get God to do something in that nature. But what he prayed was that God would open their eyes so they could see what he had just taught them. What he had just written to them about. He said, I'm praying now. I want you guys to see this. And that's the main prayer that we need today. I'm telling you, this should be sought after more than anything. Well, I'm praying for a new car. Well, you know, that's fine and that's, that's good. Here's a prayer that's more important than that prayer. That your eyes would be opened. That your eyes would be I'm just praying about my, you know, my, my knee. My knee's been hurting me. Praying. Here's a better prayer. Pray that your eyes would be opened. And you'll see that Jesus already took care of your knee. And when you know the truth, your knee will be free indeed. Well, I'm talking to you about this. I guess we better read it. Verse 15, Therefore I also, after I heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for all the saints, do not cease to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayers, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give to you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of Him. Well, what is he praying for? For things and stuff to come to them? No, that wisdom and revelation would come. What is revelation now? Revelation just simply, simply has to do with an uncovering. It is a revealing. You think about standing behind a curtain and the curtain's opened. 
That's what we want. That's what God, he prayed that God would do for these guys because he taught them, he told them what they had. He said, Lord, open the blinds. <laughs> Lord, pull back the curtain. Give them a spirit of wisdom and revelation. So, wow. Now, what you've been talking about, I see it. I see it clearly. And that's when faith arises in your heart. That's when, oh, yeah, well, that's obvious. Isn't that easy? I mean, I've, I've been through this room on a number of occasions with no lights. And there have been a few occasions where I've run into things. You know, this corner right here can get in the way when going from... <laughs> Why? Just because I can't see it. And I know, I even know that it's there. I know where most things are, but if I can't see them, I'm just real likely to stumble into them, or it just becomes a much greater chance, okay? But how many know that it's the easiest thing in the world, easiest thing in the world to walk through here with the light on and not run into anything ever? I mean, I'm really successful, I got to tell you, at walking through this room <laughs> without bumping into stuff when the lights are on. And it takes zero effort. I, I'm not struggling at all. Lord, uh, help me with this burden. I've got to get through this room, this, this room without running into stuff. When the light's on, it's not even a second thought. Amen. And that's what we want. And that's what he prayed. Look at the next verse. That the eyes of your understanding may be enlightened. One translation says, flooded with light. That it be flooded with light. That you may know what is the hope of his calling, what are the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints, and what is the exceeding greatness of his power toward us who believe, according to the working of his mighty power. We may touch on some of that later. But here's the point. It is so very important for us to see there is nothing greater than when you see it, whatever the Lord wants to show you. And there is much He wants to show you. And there is much He is revealing to us in this day and in this time. And I believe in, in this house, thank God He's doing good things in other churches. But in this house, what's He doing? Here's one of the things He's doing. He's opening our eyes. And we're going to see some things. What's it going to cause? A greater degree of freedom than we've ever experienced. Oh, so valuable. And the Lord is even showing us in this time things that haven't been seen. Oh, there's going to come greater understanding that people haven't seen in the past. Why? He wants to. And here we are. Right time, right place. Under the spout. And we're going to see some things. I'm going to give you an assignment this week. Everybody ready for an assignment? Okay, here's your assignment. Ephesians chapter 1, 15 through 19. And you can go to the end of the chapter if you want. Your assignment is you are to pray that prayer for yourself at least once a day. If you did it more, that'd be great. At least once a day, pray this prayer for yourself. 
All right. Now, you realize that won't take much time. While you're at it, here's the next thing. That's the only thing you have to do. All right. You have to. Not optional. All right. Because you're going to be way behind when we come together next time if you don't. You might look nice on the outside, but we'll know. Because our eyes are going to be open more than ever before. And you're going to be stumbling around, kind of a haze over, your, over the eyes of your understanding. So you must. This is going to change your life too, by the way. You getting ready for this? But here, it's just only take, it'll only take you a minute to pray that. Uh, pray for someone else too. Okay? And one, one in particular... Me. <laughs> okay. You need to pray it for you and for me. Say, that's not fair. You're getting the prayers of like a lot of people. I know, but I'm following Paul's example. He said in Ephesians 6, pray for me. All right. So here's the deal. You're going to benefit. The more my eyes are open, uh, I'm the one you got to listen to most of the time. And you want me to be speaking revelation and understanding and seeing things in the Word that I haven't seen before. And, uh, and it's going to be so much more exciting in here as well. All right. So pray more that you will see and your eyes will be open. Pray those scriptures. You can pray word for word. You can read it in other translations. Pray those other. Pray that for yourself. Pray it for me. And then beyond that, of course, pray it for anyone you want to. All right. And, and let's watch and see what happens. Let's watch and see confusion dispelled. Answers come. All of a sudden, man, there's a greater interest in your life for the things of God than ever before. It's exciting when you see something. This is, man, I'm trying to quit. I didn't realize it was so late. This is one of the things, not praying this prayer because I didn't necessarily know about it, but seeing truth, having my eyes open, turned my life around. From mediocre Christianity, where I was just saved, but you know, I you know, I mean, I mean, I'd go to church and stuff, but I wasn't really excited. Right. To all of a sudden, I thought, wow, I'd find myself as a in my late teens, in my bedroom for hours listening to tapes and taking notes, and I wasn't that studious in those days. I'm taking notes and filling up stuff going, wow, this is amazing. It just, it really changed me. And that was the beginning of what started where I finally, in a little while there, recognized that God had called me to do something, to do this, okay? But in the beginning days, it was seeing truth. It lit, my, lit a fire in my life. And some of you need that. Yeah. Raise your hand. Yeah, you do. <laughs> yeah. And it, it changed everything. Amen. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you today for being with us for being for us and for everything that you have done for us. I so appreciate all that you have given, all that you have done, all that you have provided. And as Paul prayed, Lord, I pray now that the eyes of our understanding, everyone under the sound of my voice, I pray that the eyes of their understanding would be enlightened. Lord, give unto them a spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of you.
so that we can know all that you've done, all that you've given us, your mighty power that's been released on our behalf. Help us to see it so we can walk in it and participate in all that you've provided. Lord, you're a good God. You're faithful, faithful in everything you do. Thank you for showing strong, yourself strong and mighty in our midst. We give you the praise. We give you the glory. Father, I pray for those who are listening to me now that have never been saved.